Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Today I'm reading from 2 Kings chapter 4. Let me turn into your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. Starting from verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. It's good to hear the pages of a Bible turn, isn't it? Not all this scrolling stuff. Listen, listen to the paper. It's great, isn't it? Hallelujah. Everyone there? Amen. Verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, Go round and ask all your neighbours for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he says, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Isn't it a beautiful little story here? In these books of Kings, as you mentioned, I actually preached this a few months ago in the Spanish service, but I've changed things. If you were here in the Spanish service, it's different because it's in English, that's for a start. And um, so that's definitely one clear difference. But I've, I have put other content in it as well. So praise God for that. And it's English, so I feel more comfortable in a way in, pre- in preaching it. So in this time, the kings were ruling Judah and Israel. And it was chaos, it was confusion, wasn't it? It was um, the kings were turned their backs on God, the majority of them anyway. Worshipping false idols, atrocities, death, a terrible time. And today's world is dark too. Where's God? Where is he? You know, it's because the world's turned its back on him. We don't see it. But just like this story, if you have faith enough, you will see the glory of God in your life. All around this widow, in this story that was read, it was chaos, it was confusion. But she saw and witnessed a miracle with her sons of the beautiful redemption and the mercy of Jesus in, in that life, didn't she? She witnessed it. She witnessed it, and we can do the same too. The world cries out, doesn't it? Where's God? I was, the other day someone said to me, where's your God? When there's a gunman on a beach killing tourists. Where's God in the schools? 
when uh, gunmen go around crazy killing people. In the, where's God? Where's God? Well, he's, he's there suffering with the sufferers. He's compassionate for those who are suffering. His heart cries out for them. But he gives us free will. But the world in their free will has turned its back on God. So the widow and her two sons received a wonderful miracle behind closed doors. And this shows God's tenderness and care for those who are faithful and pursuing God all the time. Whilst all around them is chaos. Where the widow is living, it was probably chaos. Where's God? I know my God's there. There are a few points of the story that I'd like to share. And I'll probably add a few more as we go along. But point one is, keep pursuing God when all around you seems impossible. Yeah? It's easy to discount God when things look dark or situations are tough. It's easy. Because we're preoccupied with all the worries then and all the, the things that are going wrong in our lives. We, we've pushed God to one side. But that's when we need to bring him back straight into the center and say, I'm going to trust in you, Lord. And that's what she did. We need to keep seeking him, listening to his voice for his instructions for our lives. Keep going in the midst of these times. Jesus warns us that in the last days, people will fall away. We need to keep pursuing him. Eyes on the kingdom of God through the tough times. Because you've got all eternity with him. (laughs) Keep pursuing him. Even though the times can be difficult. In this particular story, the widow's husband was a member of the company of the prophets. Men of God. Men who kept seeking righteousness in this chaotic time. She knew that these people loved God. And Elisha was sort of the head of the Spiritual head of these company of prophets. The man, the husband had died. And the widow knew that Elisha was a point of contact that she can go to. To seek the voice of God. Now poor people and people who had debts were allowed to work off their debts. As servants. It says slaves, but as servants to work off their debt. It was allowed, it was permissible. But we don't know why the man had incurred a debt. You know, knowing today's loan companies, he probably borrowed a fiver and within a month it was five grand. You know, and that's probably what happened. They probably took advantage. Where's the compassion? He probably had a small debt, but instead of writing it off to the widow and the sons, oh no, let's escalate the percentage rate. You owe us now all this. They probably took advantage of her. This is what was happening in these days. No compassion, no mercy of God being shown anywhere in people's lives. God ordered rich people and creditors not to take advantage of those people during tough times. But these people were not putting into practice God's word. It is mentioned in the book of Deuteronomy not to take advantage of poor people, of widows especially. Elisha shows us that we must go beyond simply keeping the law. We must show compassion and love. Do not take advantage of the poor. Now, as I mentioned, all around the, the woman was chaos and confusion. She knew that the debtors were, were unfair. There's no watchdog or rogue traders to write to. 
We watch those programs, don't we? And um, she knew that she couldn't complain to them or the, um, what do they call it, the ombudsman. She knew it was unfair. What can I do? They're going to take my children away as slaves. But God knows. That's the thing. We're in a world where systems are unfair. That's it. But God is fair. If we put our eyes on him and not the systems, he will make a way. Just like the widow in this story, he will make a way. Keep seeking God. I found this hard. I want to do things in my strength, to turn around situations by my strength. But I promise you, if you seek God with everything you have, the same desire and passion as this widow, he will show you what you can do, God will. He will show you. He will. You can't pick up the phone and text Elisha today. You can try it. You can't do that. But you can go direct to direct God now. Jesus died on the cross. The curtain was torn in two. Direct access. Hallelujah. Through his son, Jesus Christ. We can ask advice like today and encourage one another with our pastors. Um, do you like my jacket? It's just like Pastor Phil's jacket today, isn't it? <laughs> Pastor Phil says, oh, you got a jacket like mine. I said, well, the Bible says imitate your pastors. I love coffee. I've got his jacket. That's what it says. Where was I? Yes, we can ask our pastors, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, can't we? For advice and, and prayer and getting together in prayer. But sometimes you are alone. You're alone in your house. Get on your knees and pray. He's there listening. He says, close the door and pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we come back from Columbia a couple of weeks ago. And just wonderful how it's just a privilege to be doing God's work. And there's one story where we met a widow. After ministering all morning. In a service, we met a widow, her daughter, and her granddaughter. So it's three generations. And as I approached the group, Lily was talking to them already. I noticed a little girl. She's about four years old, three or four, about four years old. And it's like something, whoa, what is this about this little girl? Couldn't put my finger on it, but something mysterious, shall we say, about it. So we sat down and listened to the story. And... Um, I got the story. The little girl's mum and dad weren't married, but he had an obsession or whatever it may have been called. And he has tried to kill her mum, the little girl's mum, many times. And one day he went to the house to try and kill her with a pistol. He went to shoot her. But the, little, but the girl's grandmother, grandfather, sorry, threw himself in front of the bullet and he took the hit. And he died. Now, we talk about what God does, his mercy, his grace. But here I witnessed firsthand the grace of God. They forgave him. The widow forgave him. The mother forgave him. And then I heard the story of that little girl. When the mother and the grandmother were crying for many, many days, weeks, crying. Why, God? Why? The little girl came up to them and tapped them on the knee and says, Mummy, Nanny, no more. I said, why? Why? What's happened? God came to my dream last night. 
the clouds open and granddad came in God's hands or lap. The clouds parted and came and told me to say, tell your mum, tell your granny to stop crying. It makes me sad. I'm all right now. I'm with God in heaven. Tell them this. Tell them this. And also the little girl says, and also granddad told me to tell you that his name is now changed. God's now given him a name called Angel. Isn't it amazing how God uses children, innocent, and then she just carried on playing. Just amazing. What a beautiful story. God's compassion and love is incredible for these widows. And this family was amazing. I just want to read from Lamentations 3, verse 19. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Now, they're the widow in Colombia and the widow in this story, they've had their husbands taken, and their soul is downcast, sadness, bitterness. But then verse 21 in Lamentation. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, verse 22, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion Therefore, I will wait for him. And verse 25, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. The widow in the story kept seeking him through Elisha, didn't she? And the widow in Colombia kept seeking him from asking God why, why, why. And God used her granddaughter to come and give the message. It's all right. He's in my arms now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep faithful. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. I love that. It's that hymn, isn't it? Great is thy faithfulness. Do you want me to sing it? <laughs> the widow was desperate. But Eli- Elisha gave her instructions. She listened to the instructions of Elisha. And then she had a faith to act on those instructions, didn't she? I like a lot in verse 4 of the story when Elisha says, verse 4, inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. The miracle that the widow is to receive was behind closed doors. It was for their eyes only. We can learn this about love and compassion of God. When we go onto the streets and um, pray at our workplaces, it's about God's love being poured out. Showing his love in these miracles. It's not for a spectacular show. We need our hearts corrected to show its love of God. Performing a miracle for the people that God loves. The impending miracle for the widow was literally in her hands. Or under our noses. I was going to title this, The, the Miracles Under Your Nose. But the, the miracle in your hands is what we called it. (laughs) The widow looked for Elisha 
and said that her sons were going to be taken away as slaves. And uh, Elisha responded in verse 2, so how can I help you? The widow must say, well, I'm just, you know, my sons are going to be taken away. Help me. I can't pay my debts. But Elisha followed up with another question. What do you have in your house? What do I have in my house? I've just told you my, my children will be taken away. I need a miracle. What, what have I got in my house? Well, I've, I've, got, I've got basic things, you know, just a table, some chairs, an odd bit of cutlery, a little bit of oil. A little bit of oil. This is what Elisha wanted her to realize what she had. Sometimes we don't realize the little we have. Sometimes we look at other people, other situations, and think, I want what they've got. But God's saying today, what have you got already? What little do we have that we take for granted? This is what he wanted the, the, the widow to notice. What little do you have? A little oil. How much little oil? Not much oil. Not enough oil to pay a debt off anyway, is it? Not a, a silly interest-free rate debt that's escalated out of control. That's not enough oil. She knew that it wasn't enough. But she was obedient to hearing the instructions of Elisha. Okay, what have you got to tell me? What can we have in our houses? That's the answer to our problems. We, we panic in situations. We lose control. But the answer is staring at you in your face sometimes. <laughs> and God can point that out to you. But if we seek the voice of God in the problem, he can point the answer to us in our crisis. We may see only a little oil, but to the widow, that was her gold mine. That was her gold mine. Yeah, the little we have, we do take that for granted, don't we? Every day we wake up and we want a bigger house or something. No, no, no. What about the house you've got? Aren't you grateful for that? You know, we want something else. Are you just grateful for what you have? It's all about heart issue, isn't it? The widow's heart was right to receive this miracle. Now, just like the widow, you don't receive a miracle sometimes by sitting on your backside. She had to get out and work. Elisha gave her instructions to walk down the whole neighborhood. Knocking on doors. Everyone asking for vases and jars. You know, we find it difficult walking next door asking for a bag of sugar or some tea or whatever it is. I've started a mission down our high street now to talk to all our neighbours. I'm getting to know everyone now, aren't we? Most of them are called Judy. <laughs> Judy, Judy. There's lots of Judys. And it's my mission. I've got to know my neighbours. It's important, isn't it? And we find it difficult. But Elisha came and said, you must go visit all your neighbours. God will show us a path to finding the solution to the problem. But he needs us to do our part. Not sitting around feeling sorry for ourselves. And we can be like that. Sitting around feeling sorry. Or waiting for the miracle. It ain't going to come all the time just like that, you know. She... The lady, the, the widow didn't shut the door. Oh, I'm not going next door to ask for her jar. She's always grumpy. She'll never give me her jar. <laughs> I'm not going. Did she? She said, I'm not going to go. Go out and do that. Walking for days. I'm not going to walk down the whole of the high street asking for jars. No way. It's too much. I'm not going to do that. No. We have to be obedient to God's word. Obedient to God's instruction for us. Sometimes it involves getting our shoes on and walking and doing stuff. 
You know, the first instruction to Adam was to work the garden. Work. He wants us to work too. He does his part if we do our part. Hallelujah. Now, the miracle was when the oil multiplied. But I believe the miracle started when she started asking neighbours for jars. Because I believe that she was going on the doors thinking, this woman's never going to give me a jar. She is so miserable and grumpy. She'll never give me anything. And I believe God was doing a miracle already because as she opened the door, look, can I borrow a jar, please? Yes, have five. Have five jars. Whoa. Wow, she's walking away thinking, she's never been like that before. She's got, give me five jars. Then the miracle starts to happen. Builds her faith. Then the next week she's knocking more doors, more miracles. This is all part of the journey. The miracle is building up. God's using people that we never imagine would do it for us. Never imagine. God uses people to bless us. Even non-Christians. You know, we should be living in our house that we live in. But God used our ex-landlord to give us his house. Because our house is worth double what it is. Because God gave us it through him. God uses people in an incredible way. It's incredible. He starts to show you a way. Get your shoes on. Start walking. See the miracle happening as you're moving on. Of course there are going to be some grumpy neighbours. They'll slam the door in your face. Don't let that put you off either. As she picked up, I don't know how many jars, two, three hundred jars. It probably filled the whole of this floor. She probably got lots of rejections along the way. No thanks. No, I've got no jars. Didn't put her off. She carried on. Carry on. Perseverance. Now God uses other people. Because think big. Think big. Because God is far bigger than our faith. Isn't he? Yeah? Now the widow probably collected hundreds of jars. Hundreds of jars. She needs to get a few, did she? Right? Elisha says in verse 3, Go round and ask all your neighbours for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. She didn't settle for 10 or 20. I probably imagine she settled for two or 300. She carried on. And she got her sons enlisted as well. Elisha didn't really give her heads up. Well, look, actually, you're going to get a massive miracle. I'd get three, four hundred jars. Did he? He just said, don't collect us a few. Now, that was up then to the widow to decide how much to get. I believe she carried on until the whole kitchen floor was full. And there was no way to, to, to move in the kitchen. She carried on. She was determined. All the time, there's a jar of oil sitting on the shelf. Yeah, all right, Lord. Yeah, this is really going to work, isn't it? You can imagine her face and the, and the boys going, Mum... Are you sure about this? This little bit of joy, well, don't know what's going to happen. My faith is bigger, she says. That's a miracle, isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The oil stopped running, didn't it, on the last jar? Imagine if she only had six jars. Wouldn't have gutted, wouldn't it? So don't be aware of limiting God's blessing. Don't limit him at six jars. God's blessings are huge. They're immeasurably more than we can seek, ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him 
who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Don't limit him. Fill the whole floor up. And let's mention the boys here as well. What's their faith like? Probably teenagers, I'm guessing. Probably thinking, Mum, where's God? He's taking Dad away. Where's God, Mum? And then Mum comes back with instructions. Look, lads, I've spoken to Elisha. He says, we've got to do this. Mum, look, Mum, it's not going to happen. One of them could be like that, probably. But they were obedient. They trusted their Mum. The miracle wasn't just for Mum, it was for them. Their faith grew as a result of this. When you enlist your children, those around you, into your action, into your purpose, they will see the miracle as well. They will see the blessing that you receive as well. Can you imagine the boys keep passing these jars? Mum, is it, is it carrying on? What's happened to this oil? Mum, it's grown. It's gone mad. What's happened? They're passing jars and they're both rushing around these little kids. They're passing jars. Pass me the light. Next one. There's no more mum. Whoa. What does that do for those boys? Let's get our family involved in our plans that God has for us too. Be excited about our testimonies. Share them. Because that's what God wants. This is an amazing testimony for these boys. Can you imagine for the rest of their lives they're going around, wow, they're, they're, they're probably men of God, weren't they, after that? Serving the Lord. They were obedient to mum's instructions. Did they doubt mum? Probably at the beginning. Mum, you're a bit crazy. It's all ain't going to work. But they were playing a part in the miracle. They were playing a part in the miracle. When mum came back and says, look, old grumpy draws down the road. She gave me five jars. Did she? Wow, that must be, maybe God is in hand on this miracle. Play our part. The instructions may seem a little odd, but get on with the instructions. If God gives you strange instructions, still get on with them. See the oil multiply. See the oil multiply. Dream big. Now, the story of the widow and the multiplication of the oil, it's very similar to what Jesus did, isn't it, with the 5,000, feeding the thousands. The apostles run in, in Luke, in Luke 9, the story, isn't it, of the apostles running to Jesus. Lord, Lord, look at all these people, they're all hungry, we've got no food. And Jesus, just like Elisha, how can I help? What have you got? Very calmly. What have you got? Well, this little kid, he's brought his packed lunchbox. He's well, he got a couple of bits of bread, some fish. That's all he's got. Okay. And I love the way Jesus, it can, you can picture Jesus there, can't you? He knows what's going to happen already. <laughs> and he just calmly, bless your child. <laughs> can he? And then he says, okay. And he gave instructions, didn't he, to the disciples. He gave instructions to the disciples. Just like he gave instructions to, Elisha gave instructions to the widow, Jesus gave instructions to his disciples. And they were obedient and listened to him. They listened to him. Sit the people in groups of 50. There you go, get on with it. And then they go in. What's Jesus say? We want to sit them in groups of 50. Well, doesn't he hear us? We've got no food feeding him. Look, he's the king. Let's just get on with it. I trust him. Let's get on with it. We don't know what's going to happen, but... I reckon he sorted it. Let's get on with it. 
And that's what we've got to do. He'll give us stuff to do sometimes. We can't see the answer. We don't know how it's going to happen. But we've just got to get on with it. We've just got to get on with it. How is he going to do the multiplication and the miracle? Well, that's in his hands. But we've just got to get on with our part. We've got to sit the people in groups of 50 and just get on with it. Let Jesus do the rest. And as Jesus is breaking the bread and the, uh, the fish and putting a little bit in the basket, you can imagine the disciples thinking, yeah, right. They're going to get a crumb each if they're lucky. And as they're moving on, they're suddenly, whoa, where's that come from? They just got on with it. That's where the miracle is. And the minute they started, poof, hallelujah. When we work and act for God, our faith multiplies. Multiplies, just like the oil, just like the bread and the fish, it multiplies. The more we do for God, our faith multiplies. What is your impossible situation at the moment? What things in life are just seem like a barrier at the moment? Seek God with all your heart. Seek his guidance. Just like the widow, don't lose hope. Remember Lamentations three nineteen to 25. My soul is downcast. There's no hope. Then the next line was, actually my hope is in him. He will deliver. Great is his faithfulness. And then we recognize his faithfulness. What are we waiting? What are we desiring in life? The answer is, in our hands sometimes. It's in our houses. It's under our noses. Ask God. He will show you. Prepare to work for it. Put shoes on your feet and work for it. He is bigger than we can ever imagine. He is bigger than we can ever imagine. He's so beautiful. He's asked us to play a part in his salvation plan for the earth. (laughs) What a privilege. When we recognize where we were once in a hopeless situation with terrible thoughts and sin, he plucks us out and rescues us and he's asked us to play a part in his salvation plan. Elisha said to the widow, close the door. Close the door. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Amen. Close the door. His miracles sometimes are for closed doors. It's for you. He wants a relationship with you. It's all about the individual relationship. He died for you. He died to have a relationship with you. He's so interested in you. It's incredible the lies of the devil sometimes when people say, well, Jesus is too busy to hear my prayer about finding a job. No, he's not. He wants every little detail of your life. He's interested in every little detail of your life. Don't let every situation grind you down. (laughs) Don't. 
Seek God in every situation. At the end of last week, it was our first week back, I did so much driving, different jobs, people want me everywhere. And I was driving back on the Friday, I thought, right, that's the end of that first long week of many, many miles, 10 hours of driving, I know people probably do more, but it was a long week. I was driving home and I broke down, not me, the car. I felt like I had a breakdown. The car broke down. I thought, cool. The engine started sparking and said, Lord, the car's breaking down, give me a lay-by. A lay-by came up. I thought, good, thanks God. Car broke down, I thought, cool, I'm cool, God's with me. I'm going to handle this, no problem. Where's my Bible? There it is, great, got the Bible. It's not raining, thank God. I was on a field, so I went to the field, stood there, phoned the AA up. and oh, It was a bizarre, I should be telling you this, it's live, isn't it? This is on record as well. Oh dear. I can handle this. And she goes, well, what's wrong with the engine? Well, the engine just cut out, it just cut out. I said, she goes, right, okay, have you put the wrong fuel in? I said, wrong fuel? Wrong fuel? I filled up 10 minutes ago. What did I put in? No. I put the wrong fuel in. Even if you asked me that moment, I wouldn't remember whether the car was unleaded or diesel. I just couldn't remember. Is it unleaded or diesel? I couldn't remember. So I went around the cap. It's diesel. What did I put in? Oh no, the green one. So there you go. I made a hoojera. Conked out. Straight away, I was thinking, oh no, money. It's going to cost me a lot of money to get this repaired. The AA are on the phone going, well, we've got to send out a fuel as this van. It's going to take you two, three hours. I thought, two, three hours. Oh no, I should be home by now, having dinner, home, resting after this long week. And she goes, it's going to cost you this. I thought, oh no. I thought, what a lot of money. And she goes, when's it going to be? 10 past seven, three hours time. Oh, oh my word. Jesus, help me. Jesus, give me the strength to do this. So I thought, no, carry on. Right, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll wait, no problem. So I got the Bible, and I thought, right. And straight away, condemnation was going into my head. You idiot. You plonker. You should be home by now. I had all these condemnations into my head straight away, and I thought, get out! Okay, why am I in this situation? Okay, I could have put the right fuel in, but God makes everything bad, good out of everything bad, doesn't he? Right? That's his word. So I said, right, Lord, I'm preaching next week. Maybe you want me to spend some time with you now. Let me have two hours with you, worshipping you. So I was walking up and down the field, singing to God. Hallelujah, Jesus, we love you. And there were some Philistines hooting down the road. I don't know who they were. They were bibbing their hoot. And I thought, ah, God bless you guys. And off they went. But I was praising the Lord. The Lord... I put this money in your hands. I put this car in your hands. Lord, I just give me words, Lord. Give me visions, Lord. I was praying. I was giving my best sermon in the field. The seagulls and the crows, they were listening. And I believe a scarecrow gave his life in the field opposite. It was that good and powerful. And I got my Bible. Then God was sharing me Ezekiel Lamentations. That verse in Lamentations, God gave me that verse there and then. That verse there and then, and I thought, whoa. So I rang Lily and said, look, God's been speaking to me in this time. First of all, I wanted to blame Lily for the unleaded, but I couldn't do that. And she goes, well, God's using you at this moment right now to prepare what you want, he wants to talk to you about. And it was an amazing time. And then the AA rang up. He says, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And he was an hour earlier as well. So it was only two hours of 
waiting. But I had a great time. I was walking down some country lanes, praising God. And the AA said, man, go away. I'm in the presence of God. I don't need you anymore. I'm with Jesus. <laughs> and then in Ezekiel, there's a verse where God charges Ezekiel with a, a strong charge. It says, if you, I want you to deliver the message. And if they turn away from their sin, they'll be blessed. But if you don't deliver the message and they're still in sin, I will charge you with that. The blood is on your hands. I thought, oh, Lord, that's heavy. That's heavy, Lord. And I thought, hey, amen. So the AA man got the gospel. <laughs> I lorded it on the AA man. And he received it. He received it. I says, look, you came to rescue me, but Jesus came to rescue you. Hallelujah. So God uses every situation, doesn't he? Before, two hours, I would have been gutted, angry, frustrated, bored. But I had a wonderful two, two hours with the Lord. It's an amazing time with the Lord. So when situations look impossible and tough, even if we make silly mistakes, don't feel, don't let the devil condemn you. Don't let him condemn you. So get out. I'm going to use it for the Lord. And in that same time in that conversation, an hour later, a client rang up, discounted some money from a job that I did for him. Praise the Lord for that. So God works all things. He's amazing. He's loyal. He listens to your prayers. He listens to your worship. He's amazing. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless, and goodbye.